Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button and joining us today. I am joined by my co-host, Ken Vogus, and he is a, the associate professor for Dallas Theological Seminary. He's been there for the past 40 years. He also does professional consulting and is the author of the Biblical Behavioral Assessment. And we have a... Uh, version of that, which is part of our book recently launched called Emotional Intelligence in Christ. And I'm very excited to finally officially announce that we have launched our course we've been talking about for quite some time now by God's grace called Emotional Intelligence in Christ. And you can explore the project at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com, emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We're very uh, grateful for this project. And one of our topics is one of the first behavioral traits of emotional intelligence. And that's our topic today. We're talking about personal identity here. We're talking about self-awareness in Christ. This is the first behavioral trait of four traits in emotional intelligence in Christ that actually allows the other three traits to even be accessible, possible, accessible, and sustainable. So this is one of my favorite topics is a personal relationship with Jesus, his identity. And our, our focus clearly today and the title of today's podcast is who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Our learning objective at the end of this podcast is uh, we're going to explore Jesus' confidence in his identity and as well as how to anchor our identity in his confidence. Do you need, do you need a little confidence boost today? This is our conversation. And I invite you to, to ask the Holy Spirit, what is for me? There's no mistake that you've been guided to this podcast today. There is a reason why God has led you in this direction. Be attentive, lean in. The definition of emotional intelligence in Christ that we use is the activation or the wakefulness, attentiveness of the Holy Spirit within you to discern and manage personal emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, we know that if you don't show up and give us the words to say in this podcast, that it will come to nothing. We can do nothing good without your prompting, without your presence within us. So we pray that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone who's pausing today to lean into the podcast so that we can edge you in to our mind our will, and our emotions. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ken, I am so excited to have you uh, on this podcast. And, and, and really, I'm, I feel very, very honored because I, I view you as one of my mentors in life. And your, your contribution, and Ken, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, but he's actually one of the four authors, co-authors of the Emotional Intelligence in Christ book. I think I did in the beginning. Um, his his uh, contribution to the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project has been profound and life changing for me, because he made um, he brought in the biblical uh, behavioral assessment as well as the uh, EQ assessment as well the biblical EQ assessment EIC 
uh, assessment. And we, we have both of those assessments, those links as part of the book as well. So the book contains those two assessments. Um, today, we're talking about the identity of Jesus. And Ken is going to go through and share five scenes that really lay out who Jesus said he was and his confidence in his identity. And why should it even matter to you? So Ken, I'm going to be silent so that I can listen to some of the conversations you and I have been having just even before getting on this call so that the listeners can truly experience what I do in terms of that inner excitement of, of how you make the scriptures come alive and make them applicable. So thank you for being with us today. My honor and pleasure to go ahead and do this, uh, Lauren. And I think it's important that what we do is we go ahead and, and uh, define uh, the, the subject here of self-recognition uh, or self-awareness and understanding. And what it is trying to say is a conscious, deliberate reflection on your personal identity to, to be able to be understanding of who you really are. Mm. And in order to go ahead and kind of build the case here, I'd like to go to the first scene and, and go to uh, a, um, a conversation that occurred uh, in the Old Testament, talking about God the Father. And uh, Moses um, was a little bit um, uh, concerned about what to say to uh, when he got the assignment to go back to Egypt and, and told him, uh, to tell them that he was uh, representing God. And he asked a, a legitimate question of, the, of, of God the Father and says, suppose I go to the Ezraites and say to them, the God of, the fa of your fathers has sent me to you. And they would ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God said to Moses, and this is critical to understand. He says, I am who I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And this theme of I am is going to be connected to Jesus. Mm. It's very, it's very, very powerful. And um, you had, you had shared with me before we jumped on uh, the, the first scene, right? Where, where Jesus, and we don't know much about Jesus childhood, right? But we know no. enough. So, so tell us a little bit about that, that first scene and, and why is that important in terms of uh, Jesus' identity? What, 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 is, what is so wonderful is, is the fact that we get this from Luke. And Luke is very detailed. And of course, he had the interviews with Mary. We, we don't have a lot about Mary, but we, we have some. And it's really coming from Luke and what his research was doing. And he tells the story of Jesus being uh, uh, missing and, and he was 12 years old and they had gone to the Passover and they come out and they, they missed him. So Mary was searching for him and she finds him in, in, in the uh, temple and she kind of rebukes him and says, well, you know, what are you doing? Where, where have you been? <laughs> and Jesus answers the question to her. It says, Jesus at 12 years old said this, why are you searching for me? Didn't you know? I had to be in my father's house, hmm. but you, but they didn't understand what he was saying. But at that, at 12 years old, Lauren, he's already connecting with who he is and he's connected to the father. Hmm. But, but the next scene is when he actually launches this to let that connection of I am become public. Hmm. 
And what, what I think is probably the most important thing to say at this point is who does he choose? Who does he choose to go ahead and do that? You would think that, you know, if, if you want to really get it right, you'd go in to go ahead and uh, into the temple again and announce to the high priest who you are. And, but that's not what he did. What he did is went ahead and went through Samaria. Now, you know, what's the deal with Samaria? Well, the Jews didn't go there. <laughs> they didn't go there, but he did. And then he went to a well by himself in the heat of the day and talk to a woman, a Samaritan woman. And it is in that conversation, when he was talking about water, he finally got to who he really was. And what is significant is at that point, the, the, the woman went ahead and asked that at some point, uh, this all this water thing and the spiritual side of things, it'll be explained to me by the Messiah. And I could just see Jesus at this point looking her straight in the eye and saying to her, I am he. <laughs> That's the first time that he went ahead and announced the fact that he was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a, an incredible moment in, in, a, in a history in that Jesus would choose a woman who'd been married five times, living with a guy, <laughs> and, right. and using her as an instrument to lost his ministry. Mm. Now, the, now, the question was, was she, did she get excited about that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. God. Ch it changed her. I mean, this, this ties in, Ken, to our learning yeah. objective, which is knowing Jesus. And, and when he declares his identity and we receive it, we receive his identity, and that becomes our identity, how literally there is an extreme interior and exterior makeover. And she used that, that moment to launch her ministry. And she had a ministry to that count. Everybody knew her, of course. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they did. Sure they did. But they, they, they said she did a, a wonderful job of explaining who it was. And they said, well, bring him here. And of course he stayed and minister to those people. So that was the, uh, uh, the first evangelistic meeting that Jesus had, uh, you know, and, and connecting the I am to him. Now, how did, how, I, let, let me just ask you this. Um, for, for listeners that aren't familiar with, with uh, the, the story from um, John chapter 4, 1 through 26, which is the woman at the well, it's an excellent yeah. story. Um, she was going to get water during the heat of the day. Can you just give a couple sentences around where she was before she, BC, I referred to it before Christ, and where she ended up being after encountering Jesus in terms of the fact that the townspeople even listened to her. But just to give, give the listeners a little background as to the Samaritan woman, how they were seen in society, and the fact that she was going in the heat of the day to get water. Well, the fact that she went during the heat of the day meant that she was basically an outcast. I mean, the women and in that culture would always go in the evening where it was cooler, but she was really, uh, you know, an, an outcast in that community and she knew she was. And, and so she just took that as, well, that's just my, <laughs> my position in life right now. Mm -hmm. And, 
what happened was that when she met Jesus and found out he was the Messiah, her life changed mm -hmm. and she got really excited. And what, what I, what I thought is so humorous, it's kind of humorous. So she was there to go ahead and get water. But when she found Jesus, she forgot the, she forgot the, the pot. With the water. Yeah, she just left her old life behind and she's, she, she left her life there. behind. Yep. Lauren. yep. And, and it was it, to me, it was obvious to the community, something happened to her. Obviously. So, how she was so changed, mm -hmm. so changed. And, and they, they, they were curious, how, how could this happen to this person? Mm -hmm. And I uh, said, well, why don't, we, why don't we let the person who did this come and talk to you? And of course, what he did is he stayed, stayed with them and, and, and it changed that whole community. So it, she, Jesus used an insignificant person <laughs> to go ahead and launch his ministry. And I think it's a incredible story. I hope that we'll get a little more time uh, later on another podcast to get you more in, involved in that. But yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely, because that 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 story is just so rich in terms of how Jesus' confidence became hers for her to declare. So um, let's move on, because let, I know you have five different scenes. Yeah, uh, so and, take and us I, to the take us to the next one. The next the next scene is the next scene is 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 Jesus getting to a point where he is saying, okay, he called his disciples. He's got them all there, but he wants them to really uh, connect or take ownership up to who he is and what his ministry is all about. So in, in the setting that up, what he does is has an encounter. This is, this is the first, first feeding of, uh, of a large group of people was following the beheading of John the Baptist. And Jesus went off to be by himself to go ahead and uh, just reflect on, 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 on what happened. Mm -hmm. And what happened is the people began to just accost him. He didn't call on him to do, they just followed him. And they were there. And what he ended up doing there is ministering to them. He changed it. You know, he wanted to be by himself. Now he's got the crowd. So he ministered to them. He fed them. He healed them. He uh, gave them encouragement and whatever. And he got close to an evening. And what happened is he, he challenged the disciples to go ahead and feed the people. You know, the people, the, the disciples were saying, hey, you got to let them go. I mean, there's no place to eat here. There's no, no jack in a box or, or <laughs> play around here. <laughs> we got to let these people go. And, and he said, no, you feed them. He said, and, and they look at him like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally would. I got, yeah, I got, got, I got yeah. nothing. I got nothing. I got, we got nothing. And, and of course, Andrew, bless his heart. He found a kid. Yep. He's <laughs> resourceful, right? He's like, bring what you yeah. got and Jesus multiplies it. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew is always trying to help, you know? Yep. And, and he says, well, I don't know if this will help or not, but, but this kid's here, he, he you know, he has uh, got two fish <laughs> and five <laughs> loaves of bread or, you know, they're not really blows. They're, you know, little cakes, you know, yep. and Jesus looks right up and says, that's enough. Get them in groups. <laughs> and of course he feeds 5,000 people. Now that's got, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, it is. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stops so, you in your tracks. Yeah. And then what we have is a follow-up and what's the follow-up. He does the same thing with 4,000 people. Yep. You know, and, and they got, well, they, they got more loaves now. They got seven loaves now and some fish, but he does it, you know, feeds that, you know, many. Yep. And, and, and so they, they ought to be impressed. <laughs> they yeah. ought to be impressed. Absolutely so he, incredible. He, he, we're, 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 where we are right now 
is okay. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a test here. <laughs> I'm gonna offer a question. I'm gonna see what you say. And he says, "Who do the people say that I am?" There it is again. He uses the "I am." And the answer is, is, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some of Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he says, now, okay, the, the real question is this. Who do you say that I am? You've seen all this up. Who do you say? And bless his heart, Peter, uh, you know, steps up and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus mm. at that point affirms his answer to go ahead and say, okay. You got it. The Angie, blessed are you, Simon, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And then Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Now, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Hmm. Because they would not have believed him. And he says it. And he predicts his death at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That had to shock them there because they, 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 uh, that's probably the first time they'd heard that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. of course, Peter being Peter replied, thinking he was doing the right thing and said, I won't let that happen to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, of course, Jesus had to rebuke him for taking on the side of, Christ, of, of, of Satan to go ahead and do that. Yep. The, the real story to that, which is real quick, is your strength, which Peter's strength was to go ahead and communicate very spontaneously, can be your greatest weakness. <laughs> mm -hmm. God can use you to go ahead and proclaim something. Satan can use you to go ahead and try to circumvent that. So you've got to be careful. That's just a little. little Absolutely. That's another podcast, my friend. That's another podcast. <laughs> That's another podcast. But absolutely. I need to set it up here. Yep, absolutely. To get to to get to the to the fifth scene here. Yep. And and, and the fifth scene is he's now arrested. He's now arrested and um, um, uh, taken and put, put on, on trial. And at daybreak, the council of elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together. And Jesus was led before them. And they asked him this question. If you are the Christ, they said, tell us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now he predicted that they would do it. Now he did it. Now they that that this is fulfilled. And Jesus answered him, I'll tell you, you would not believe me if I if I asked you, and you would not answer. But now the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of God Almighty. And when he said that, they immediately went ballistic on him. Mm. And they asked him again. Are you the son of God? And he replied, you are right, saying, I am. And so this is the last wow. time that he went ahead and used that word, I am, to go ahead and communicate and uh, his personal identity on who he really was, and he was connected to the Father. Wow. Wow. That's so powerful. And, 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 and say a couple sentences around how he got the disciples to connect to the I am part of it again. Well, what, what, what it was is what the, 
the 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 connection that that it was is connecting him to the father that 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 connection of you know, of the old testament they would have known that they would have known that information of of god answering moses as to who he is so that should have been very very clear to them at that point of who he really was mm. the other thing that 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 i need to tell you this and and is that he used the word I am 153 times. And wow. if he used it that many times, I would think, Lauren, that they'd, they'd get it. You know, when he said it that many times, that he would yeah. go ahead and understand what he was doing and how he was connecting with God the Father. Mm -hmm. the, 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 other, the other thing that, that, that is, uh, is interesting that, that you know, I shared with you before, he, this, this number, 153, also comes into play and when Jesus is, is restoring Peter uh, uh, with uh, undoing his three denials and restoring him as far as the leader of the, of the, um, uh, of the disciples. Mm. What happened prior to that was that they were out fishing and uh, they didn't catch any fish that night. But what happened was come dawn, they recognized that Jesus was on the shore and he uh, cried out, how, how are you guys doing? And they, they said, well, not too good. We haven't caught anything. And I, and I said, well, I tell you what you do is you throw your net on the other side which they did, and immediately they caught fish. Well, John, being the high C that he was, or the detailed person, went ahead and counted the number of fish that they had caught. And this is traditionally something that you do as fishermen because you have a, have a team of people that go down and fish. So they divide it, and the, but the, before the division is, takes place, you go ahead and count the total, and then you divide it by the number of, of people that, that, that are in the fishing trip. So that's why John went ahead and counted them, and he counted 153. Wow. That is just such a powerful connection right there. Yeah. It, it, is, it is amazing. And what's even more amazing is that the book of John was probably written 40 years after that event occurred. Hmm. But he still, high seas remember things. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else remembers, but he remembered. He yep. remembered, but he had no idea. He had no connection with, with, with that and the number of times that he said, I am. But wow. it's something that, you know, God, Lauren, is, is really good on big things, but he's pretty big on little things too. Amen. <laughs> little, little details. Yeah. Uh, like that and i think that's all there is it's there for us to be really sure of who jesus was mm. and that he was and is the son of god and it's through our faith in him that we have a chance to go ahead and have a relationship with the father because of what he did by going to the cross for us and for our sins mm. so i think you know like i say there's there's so many little details that are there if you know that there and this is just one of those little nuggets that's there that little thing that's connected to who jesus was and who he claimed to be and who he claimed to be yeah i mean it, and when we started it out is it says self-recognition the self-awareness and understanding is a conscious deliberate reflection on your personal identity 
Mm. And this, this state, what we're trying to say in this case study is that he was absolutely sure who he was, and he said it enough time for us to go ahead and take ownership of the fact that who he is really is. So, And so I'm going to take you a little bit further with that, swinging back to our learning objective is to explore Jesus' confidence, right, in his identity. He knew who he said he, he was. And how do we, as followers of Jesus, gain access to that confidence in our identity. Because I, I was just working with some clients earlier today and self-doubt yeah. is rampant. And um, to, to be able to replace self-doubt with the confidence of Christ within us is an incredible invitation for freedom. Mm-hmm. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and don't allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery, to worrying about what other people think, comparison, envy, all of those things. Jesus came to, to set us free from. So would you just share a a few sentences around, um, the importance of linking our identity, accepting Jesus as our Lord and savior and how that impacts our confidence. I'm going to answer your question this way and uh, tell you a little about my warts. Okay. Mm. I have a gift to go ahead and worry. (laughs) You had the worry gifts. Great. Good. Then, then we're not alone. <laughs> and I'm sure listeners, you're like, yep, me too. Got that yeah, same yeah, gift. Yeah, like I, I yep. sit there and I've got, I would get a gift. What about tomorrow? Yep. What about tomorrow? Am I going to have enough? I know, you know, yep. and I sit there and I'd worry and worry and worry. And I, I think the, the, the verse that, that changed my life, Lauren, was Jesus talking in Matthew six about worry mm-hmm. and why are you worrying so much about this and that you know your job is to take one day at a time and let me worry about that follow mm-hmm. me i you know when he when he talked to to peter the last thing he told him was you know what your job is follow me follow me mm-hmm. put your faith in me I'm going, I am committed to taking care of you. And I'm sitting there saying, you know, Lord, I still don't understand everything, but I know with me and my flesh, it does no good to go ahead and worry. I like his question at the end there where Jesus says, by worry, how does worrying add a cubit to your life? How does it help you? Mm -hmm. And I had to answer that question. It doesn't help at all. Yeah, and, and, and what I do, uh, I just consciously have to when I when I allow worry to get into my life, mm-hmm. I've got a, a, a reboot, if I can yep. call it that. Yeah, and say no, keep your eyes on Christ. And if I if I've got one thing, I try to keep my my eyes on on who Jesus was and what he was. He does not. He does not forget his promises to us. Mm-mm. He doesn't. No, this life is, is, is short. It's not that long, but eternity (laughs) is eternity. Yeah. And, and, and how do I get there? Put my faith in Christ that I just have to continue to go ahead and reboot (laughs) and reclaim. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's gets easier for me now. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I was slipping to worry early on more. I worry less. 
<laughs> do yeah. I have, you know, I, 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 that's, that's my Achilles heel is to go ahead and worry. And I've got, I've got to mentally go ahead and re-manage my thinking process. I think that's what emotional intelligence is about, isn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have a, um, with our other co-author, we did a podcast. It was podcast 152, I think on edgegodin.com called why do we worry? And yeah. that's another one to, to go a little bit deeper because self-doubt walks hand in hand with worry. Worry is a story we tell ourselves or make up about something in the future that hasn't even happened. And which is why the great I am, the presence of being here now with God is we lack nothing in the present moment. No. And right. nothing in terms of confidence, in terms of inner peace, in terms of sense of direction and purpose, purposefulness. It happens here now. It doesn't happen yesterday or tomorrow. It happens right now. Give us this day of our daily bread. And, and we lack nothing there, which is so powerful. And so as we, as we move forward from this podcast, what would you, what would you um, invite listeners to, to take away as, as kind of a, a main theme from, from placing our identity in Christ? And right, that's the first behavioral trait of emotional intelligence in Christ is how does my relationship with Christ shape my understanding of myself, my personal identity grounded in Christ? What does that lead to? What do I get from this? What would you say to listeners as, as a, uh, a, focused, um, a focused takeaway from today by learning who Jesus said he is and how profound that is? If we truly do believe he's the son of God, what does that mean for us? I, I, Lauren, I think um, that for me, I'm just talking about me. Mm -hmm. What I need is a, is a day, daily dose of focus on the word of God and focusing on who Jesus was and is for, 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 for my substance of, and, you know, continuing to be confident in what I'm doing. Uh, I, I, you know, I, that's just what I do. I don't sleep as well as I used to, but I, but I take that time when I wake up as, as I spend some time in the word. Mm. I think it's absolutely critical. The other mm. thing that I have is I, I've got a, a wife of uh, 57 years mm. <laughs> that we Congratulations. pray. Yeah. We, we pray a lot together. Uh, every night <laughs> I, I don't make it past 10. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, either do I. <laughs> Sometimes it's nine. You can ask my hubby. <laughs> you know, my, lights go, I live, yeah. my lights go out. You know, she looks at me and says, why don't you just go to bed? I said, well, I will. I will. You know, she, she just gets started. I mean, she, yeah. You know, yeah. I relate to that. My yeah, hubby's yeah, the she, same way. She's warming up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but well, what she does, this is the other thing. She always says, okay, before I, before my head hits the pillow, let's just uh, say a short, short prayer. And as short is about all we can, I can handle, you know. <laughs> That's so great. But it is a daily ritual that I spend time in the word and time in prayer with my best friend. Mm. And my best friend is my wife. Mm. That's, that's who it is you know and, and i'm so privileged great. that that's that's true and mm. i you know of course of course jesus is who i and, and I, I keep my eyes and focus on him as much as i can mm. and uh and you know have a daily type of encounter 
if you want to call it, with the, mm-hmm. with the Lord. I, mm. I do it. And when I don't do that, guess what shows up? Doubt. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it, you know. And I, all I'm telling you is that works for me. I hope that's an encouragement to others. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ken. And, and I, I'm with you on that is I, I know if I don't start my days on my knees and surrendering all that I am to Jesus for his purposes to be his ambassador, then I quickly, my ego quickly jumps in and I become my own ambassador uh, for, 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 for me yeah. in the world, making my appeal for me, through me, for, for me. And so um, the outcome is always uh, not good, involves worry, uh, yeah. envy, doubt, all of those things that, that Paul talks about as well, um, and insecurity. And so, uh, but when Jesus is at the center, uh, yeah. it's, it's all him. It's all for him, his glory, which is why I love the comment, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So when you're in Christ, you know, and, protects, and you have to be, go ahead. But you have to understand that, you know, Satan is, is, is a liar and he will, you know, impose that, 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 that doubt. Mm. And we've got to, you know, again, you know, circle back to where, 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 who, who is, who is really real? Who is not the liar? Who is the truth? And it's Christ. The way and the truth is on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, that is an incredible uh, uh, wrap for our topic today in terms of um, who do you say that I am? So listeners, that's a great question to really take to prayer. Just imagining Jesus standing before you right where you're at. He loves you right where you're at. And he loves you enough not to leave you there. And just imagining him asking you that question, who do you say that I am? And what is, what is the ramification of your answer in your life moving forward? When you have your identity grounded on Christ, one of the first scriptures that I memorized when I was 17 years old is Galatians 2.20, which I have been crucified with Christ on the cross. So it's no longer me. It's not about me, what I think, what I want, what I need. It's no longer, it's no longer about me, but Christ who lives within me in this life I live now in the body. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. When you base and camp your identity in, with, and through Christ, all things become possible, including living a life without that self-doubt because you're, it's replaced with the confidence in the one who calls you, knowing that he's faithful and he will give you the grace to be able to handle whatever it is he puts before you. So it's a resurrection, so to speak, of your identity and what's possible. And um, again, uh, explore our recent launch of, of the first two, two support resources in the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We look forward to seeing you over there. Ken was a part of the, um, the course development, as well as one of our professors, the four of us. There's Dr. Shavush, who is the co- co-author of Edge Got In and co-facilitator, and uh, uh, we have Ken Vogus and Rich Cummins, who is the CEO of um, Lead Like Jesus. And of course, you've had time to spend with Ken today and myself. So give him heaven out there because there's enough of the dark side prowling around looking to devour uh, us on a daily basis. So we take back our confidence and grounded our identity in Christ today. Ken, can you close us in prayer today? Absolutely. Would you do that? Thank you. 
Father, thank you for the privilege I have to go ahead and be with Lauren and just chat and just chat about your son and who he really is and who he cares about and how he models how to love one another. And what it's all about is to go ahead and follow him, follow Jesus. And we just commit that to you now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate your time and, and your wisdom. And we look forward to, to our next podcast and, and listeners again, give him heaven out there, outshine the darkness, be the light of Christ.